Welcome back to The Pipe, the practical youth pastor. This is Chris Holland, your host, and Steve Johnson, our co-host. Steve, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Man, it's so glad to be back with you. It's really, really good. Like that last series with Lindsay, I oh, think that, that was really helpful. dragged on. Like, I'm going to be honest. I went back and I listened to it. Did you really? I really did. I'm not one of those stars that can't watch his work, so I listened to it same day, like as it came out. Multiple times? Yeah. No, not multiple times, just once. Is it because Lindsay was so engaging or because you felt she so, was so bad soothing. for her? No, no, no. She was so soothing. And uh, as she sticks her head in the studio, I have to be sensitive to that. But <laughs> uh, no, I just listened to it the one time. I I, I, I seek to get better. Yeah, know? I really do too. I, yeah, I agree. I seek to see you get better as well. What are the things you think we should improve on? I really, at this point, think it's too early to say. Yeah. I think the fact that we've got four listeners is an area of opportunity. <laughs> but hopefully the the, the Instagram <laughs> page is going to really maybe Ooh. double that if we're lucky. Because then we can promote it. Right now it's not promoted. It's like the best kept secret in Northwest Tucson. In youth ministry. In youth ministry. The best kept secret in youth ministry. That's what I think. I like it. Um, well, today what we're going to talk about is sort of an administrative area of youth ministry. We're going to talk about uh, managing staff, volunteers, does age matter with your volunteers, diversity in your volunteers, uh, how to find volunteers um, and, and train them, trust them, so on and so forth. In this series, we're also going to talk about uh, planning and vision. How do you create or develop or acknowledge, know what your vision is for your youth ministry? And lastly, we're going to talk about uh, parents communications how to communicate with parents that's probably every single job i've ever taken in youth ministry the one thing I, when i say okay what's the one thing that the last guy didn't do great that you would really want me to do better yeah they all say parent communications communication. yeah <laughs> like that's it well um, and and i know and you know and hopefully our listeners know that even though that doesn't sound like the sexiest of topics <laughs> we're gonna make it fun we're going to expand on that, Lord and it's willing. super important. <laughs> if Kyle it's goes super to sleep. Important. Yeah, producer Kyle. Shout out to producer Kyle. Yeah. I think it really <laughs> validates us as an operation. If we look over and there's a pool of slobber on his shoulder, we know yeah. we've really got something special. Yep. Please um, have another episode. Kyle, how you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Glad <laughs> to be here. Quick draw McGraw on that microphone there. <laughs> I've never seen a man that young move that slow to get out of a seat. Grandpa Kyle. <laughs> All right, so uh, as we, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about administrative things, administration. So this first topic, Steve, is volunteers. The age of your volunteers, does that matter? Diversity, how do you make your volunteer group diverse? Uh, how do you find volunteers? How do you vet them? Like, you've had tons of volunteers through the years. How many volunteers do you think that you've recruited, managed, worked with through the years? Gosh, I mean, most of them, I don't know in the 40s or 50s. I remember one time uh, we filmed like a Introduce Your Leaders video mm -hmm. uh, set to Sia's chandelier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Including, uh, you know, common friend John Jackson is a pretty oh. big part of that. I'll have to send that to you. Anyway, at that point, I realized we had like 25 leaders, and that's crazy because our ministry, if everybody came, was maybe 200, and that's middle school and high school. We didn't need that many volunteers. We almost mm -hmm. had like a one to two or, you know, uh, w the ratio was uh, was a lot higher than you probably needed. And I will say, it's almost like chain migration, where you recruit this person, and then they ask if their friends can come. Yeah. And, of course, that can lead to some pretty terrible things, but it also makes it to where 
you never have to call around and beg and plead to have people come when you're playing dodgeball or something like, like that. Like, did you get in tight with Young Life? Yeah. And that's, did you farm most of her, cultivate relationships with them? Well, like, like I said, because our college ministry, half of that were Young Life kids. Yeah. Um, we, those relationships just kind of happened. And then there were opportunities. You know, Young Life encourages their leaders to get plugged into a church. And unfortunately, I, that's not usually taken as I'm going to go be like a commuting member of this church. It's more like, well, I can go help in their youth group over there. Oh, yeah. And for reasons I know we'll get into with the latter podcast, um, no church that I've ever seen has ever been able to get into a rhythm with, with Young Life. Not if, at, through any of their fault. It's just that's the nature of it is it's kind of like we have Young Life on campus and we have Young Life off campus. And I'll tell you what, it brought the fun and it brought the kids early on. So we were giddy about that. But a lot of those leaders, um, I will admit, we didn't have uh, checks in place. It was more like so-and-so whom we trust vouches for this person. Mm. Kind of like a bank heist movie, you know, that always goes wrong where this guy vouches for that guy and he's the one that gets everybody killed. You mean the Dark Knight? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't pulling the don't reference an R-rated film thing. I literally meant the genre of bank heist movies. Oh, okay. But if you have a particular favorite, then I respect that. The Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Did you like our ambient sound of children playing in the background earlier? I did. I thought that producer Kyle has immediately made an impact. Also, Kyle, when I say The Dark Knight, he doesn't think the Batman movie. He thinks that when he was in sixth grade and we came and we played tape tag and he got pinned down, that's the Dark Knight he's thinking of. This is with a K. <laughs> I could see that look in his eye <laughs> as we went way back to 2012 there for a minute. Wow. I totally forgot about that. I'll no, bet no, you, you did. didn't. You glazed over. Is that what your counselor he got, would say? He got this 10,000-yard stare going. I was like, we need to say something about it or we have lost yeah. him. Well, now I remember, but <laughs> I mean, I haven't thought about that probably since 2012. So and if you take that suppressed memory, it's going to open a lot of other things. And Chris and I are here for you if yeah. you need to talk. Bottle opener right here. We'll take it. We'll handle that. Uh, yeah, with volunteers for me, it's always been a, been a scenario of like we take all that the Lord gives us. And that, and like you said, it's like if you tell, especially in like a young life or a college ministry, hey, you invite your friends. Um, because we were so shorthanded during the pandemic, whenever we, we just grew really quickly because we were one of the few churches open, uh, finding volunteers was like, look, do you, do you explicitly worship Satan? If you don't, we could use you as a volunteer in our ministry. Yeah, I wouldn't um, blame that on, on COVID. I think that's kind of been the MO here, but yeah. <laughs> you know us well, but yeah, I mean, it, it's... But it's one of those things, like, right now, I, th I feel like our volunteer team is really solid. And we haven't been that picky. Right. Um, we're not perfect, by all means, but, like, we have our good things and our bad things or our gross points or whatever. But uh, I've definitely had in the past, like, someone shows up and there's just something not right about them. Mm -hmm. Or they don't, um, I don't know, they don't fit the, the mold of fun, quote, unquote. Right. Personality. And this actually kind of ties into what we talked about last time with Lindsay when it comes to transitioning into a new place. I I have been consciously, I've, I've decided that I will come into a place and try and embrace the existing leaders because that's usually what's going to be the most effective for the students. And it kind of eases the awkwardness of a transition with a new leader of that group. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mentioned that the guy, the junior high guy that I followed, he did a great job of encouraging them to stay through the school year. So I came in October and he encouraged everybody, all six of them, to stay until May. And that made a big difference. Well, with that, 
you had a mix of some of the cool kids and some of the kids that probably would not be considered as fun. Um, and of course, I kind of had to learn them on those two different levels. Whereas at my current um, ministry uh, position, what I had was um, some some stalwarts that stayed on from the last leader and also some like former students who had kind of graduated into like junior leader roles. And I kind of brought them into a different role because as far as I'm concerned, I didn't know them as a student. I only know them as a young adult. And so they've taken that on. And that's kind of an interesting thing too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think one of the, the, probably the first thing I would note is when you inherit a team, really kind of embracing that and kind of leaning in to the, the personality of that specific team. Oh yeah. So what, what do you feel like are some tips for uh, recruiting, seeking out leaders that are, you know, and we can definitely talk about what it means to be qualified to be a volunteer. Um, right. Obviously not a child molester, right, with a record, but correct type I, things. I like how you added with a record there, <laughs> as though, like, do you have any I am from liability? Alabama, so so w- one that's off the books is okay. Um, gosh, it really depends hardcore on your on your ministerial philosophy. If If you want to embrace the fun model, the entertainment model, you need young and vibrant, um, highly charged, energetic leaders. You, you, uh, I know we did that when we were here is you had these, you know, 20 somethings who were super popular with the kids and it helped get a lot of kids there. If you start, Let's say, for instance, if you don't subscribe to the entertainment model and and you really do want to see these kids discipled, um, it's super critical that you reach out to either parents. Um, and I and again, I understand the caveat. Not a lot of parents feel comfortable. A lot of students want to get away from their parents. I mean, you can you have to fit the the philosophy of your church. At the very least, I would get Titus people. I'd get older people because the reality is. A 21-year-old, how much more life have they lived than the 18-year-old guy in their small group? Not much. Not much. In their world, much more. Correct. But yet their struggles are the exact same. Yeah. Their wisdom is not much different. And I think that that's kind of a tough spot. That's why you see a lot of early 20s get plopped in with junior hires, right? Because you think, okay, we'll create some distance between the high schoolers. Problem is, though, a lot of those guys are wired to just act like big friends who can drive. And so you'll walk in and you'll hear, you know, parent calls and complaints because, you know, one of your leaders was daring kids to jump off the exposed rafter beam onto bean bags. Well, yeah, they do that because they themselves would do that. And so I think that getting some of the older people, uh, it's critical. I remember when I was in junior high and in high school, we definitely had parents. And I felt like I was particularly targeted for discipline because these guys were all my dad's friends. Um, but, but it definitely, it balanced things out. You felt like you really could go to your leaders with problems rather than just hear their cool stories. I mean, there's, I'll pause after this, but I had one leader who would tell these stories about his exploits with girls. And you think that it's this, you know, conversion story and it it never arced. He would just talk (laughs) all the stuff you would do with girls and then leave it there. And I'm like, so it was more and of an instructional sin, discussion. Right? It, it <laughs> was. The hero worship from those boys to him was palpable. Wow. And then on top of that, yeah, it was It was more like when a common criminal goes to prison and comes out, you know, um, a, a 
a bank robber. A so, boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A mastermind. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes students would even do that, where they would kind of explain how to get around certain things yeah. as part of their um, part of their confession time. Yeah. And those other kids would leave praying for him and being like, that's a really good idea. So you have to have yeah. someone with enough maturity to identify what's happening and squash that. Yeah. And that's harder to find than what you think. Yeah. As, do you find with a lot of volunteers, at least I do, a lot of volunteers uh, that are younger tend to, uh, they're still tending to receive acceptance from the students that they're supposed to be working with? Yeah. Especially if those volunteers maybe weren't um, huge celebrities in their own youth group. And Uncle this is Rico's. like a second opportunity. Not even Uncle Rico is more like uh, Never Been Kissed, right? Oh. What's her name? Um, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. One of those where it's I'm going to live this over and this time I'm going to crush it. And none of them will ever say that that's what they're doing, but lots of them <laughs> are doing that. Because you think about it, if I'm a 22-year-old guy and there's yeah. a 17-year-old girl, yes, obviously in the eyes of the law, that's a major problem. But in a couple of years, like they're on each other's radar is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's great to put some distance that's what you need is distance. <laughs> so what about what about for you? Because obviously I know that you have had to bring a lot of people from the old country, right? <laughs> a region yeah. far, far from here. The motherland. Has that helped you become more selective because you have to import these people? Or is that because maybe, let's, let's put the cards on the table, maybe you didn't have all those itches scratched? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a two-part answer. On it, or maybe even three-part. We'll get there when we get there. But... Um, don't dismiss me. Part number one is really interesting because right now, like our church is looking at hiring a a uh, an assistant pastor, another one to do um, to do some different things. Okay, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and not to take the place of anyone that exists where it's a new role, but uh, it, in talking to John, our pastor at lunch today, I, I was just he's mentoring me, and I'm, I'm asking him these questions, and like. So what's the difference in choosing someone from, because this guy is from the South. Whoa, you guys are definitely shocker. coming out of a new playbook. Big shocker, right? Um, from the South. And I, I'm just curious. Um, so what's your thinking on hiring somebody from the South where you're from, a culture you understand and know and grew up in, versus someone who is local that already understands this culture really well and has connections? And uh, And I think what we came down to is, like, Trusting someone's credentials and their experience is vastly more important than trusting their um, their ability to understand the culture of where they're going. And so just having someone that you know is going to fulfill the job that you are asking them to do um, is a little bit of a safer bet uh, than taking a quote-unquote risk, um, hiring somebody that understands the culture of where you are, but you don't know them to trust them. You don't know their credentials and their long-term credentials. Now, did you come to that conversation the way you just laid it out for us, or were there several Southern idioms mixed in there? Like, Tons. can't put silk trousers on a bullfrog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> did you say anything like That's that? About as sharp as a sack of wet rats. Uh, no, I. No, I mean I asked it very pointedly, and that's typically how our conversations go when we get into that yeah. administrative discussion. But so with. Yes, last summer I hired a buttload, which I don't know how many that is. If you know, please email us. Depends at on the, the person. Practical youth at gmail.com. But, like, I don't. I hired a bunch of people, my ex youth that had graduated out of uh, high school and in college to come in. And that's kind of, I aired toward that side. I trusted them, I knew them, um, and I knew what they 
you know, knew who they were and for the most part what they lived for and how they lived and that they had a true relationship with Christ, they were trained ridiculously well. Wink! In high school and middle school, um, I knew their trainer very well. Oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> he pulled the... Oh, sorry, that's just the tail end of it. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I knew them, so I trusted. Mm-hmm. I trusted them. Uh, so I could hire them and ask them to come and do that do that for me um on the other hand on the other hand is like kyle for instance we Mm -hmm. hired also producer kyle um best decision we made in the summertime like best administrative decision staff decision we've made or i've made since i got here aside Mm -hmm. from Lindsay, if she's still in the other room is an additional great decision um but he understands the culture and the kids loves the kids loves ministry has a call in minute of ministry in his life probably whether he knows it or not um but it's probably identified in his sixth grade small group, if he's being <laughs> honest, origin <laughs> yeah, stories. Probably while he was taped down to the ground. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a, that was an easy call, too, because he very much understands the culture. He knows all the people. He knows the history of the church. But when the, this church was going through a really horrible time, he remained. He, he stayed, and he stuck around. And so there's a, that loyalty that he is one of the lasting remnants of a really broken community. Right. And so that's piece number one. Do you trust? Who do you trust? And Kyle had grown, and I had grown in friendship, and it was easy to say, oh, I definitely trust Kyle. That's an easy one, you know, for long-term relation, like professional relationship there too. Um, I think another piece of the puzzle was for me uh, hiring all those, those uh, that group from Alabama. It really was a continuation of what I taught them to go and do hard things and mm-hmm. give your life away. And to give them that opportunity just came up. And while I think Kyle and I were dreaming about how to do this particular summer during a pandemic. And we had this idea of super week. And so we we implemented that. And in order to implement it well, we had to have extra people. And so I saw it as, man, this could be a really good culmination. The people I used to minister to now will minister alongside me. Well, and for those that don't know what Super Week is, it simply means they paid the premium subscription on Zoom so it could go past 40 minutes. That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like VBS for big kids. But And so, I mean, in that sense, I saw a continuation, and I really want to see that in our volunteers in the future, kids that remain in town. They go to U of A or Pima County. I'd like to see those kids that are trustworthy. You mean Pima College or in Pima County? I'm from Alabama. No, like I know. Everything's community college to me. Um, I couldn't hack it in community college. I dropped out. You couldn't hack it in an Alabama community college. <laughs> no shoes required. Um, sure helped with math. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I get that. Um, so, yeah, so we we looked at that. So, I think those are things you have to look for in volunteers. Do you trust them? Um I think in our scenario right now where we're learning, and probably a lot of people listening, two out of the four people listening (laughs) may be able to relate to that too, that during a pandemic is a very unique scenario, and and how you rally volunteers is a unique thing too. Well, and how to utilize them. I mean, it's hard enough to utilize volunteers with normal programming, but when there's not really any in-group gathering, you know, what preparations have you done as far as... How, how to enable them, empower them to reach out to students and stay connected. And yeah, it's, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm sure we would have done it differently. But yeah, it's, uh, the trust aspect, I think, is, is critical. And also, you don't necessarily have the luxury of building trust with every single person when you come in transitionally, or in this case, if for someone who's not. So sometimes you have to trust um, someone else 
you know, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Kind of do a little quick impromptu, you know, reference check with them. Yeah. But there's a delicate balance between who brings the fun and who is a substantial person who's going to actually pour into these kids' lives. Because the toughest thing to identify is, is who's here for themselves and who's here actually for those students. And everyone's going to say they're here for the students. Oh, yeah. But you can observe off of those observations who who is is taking more than they're giving. And who is just living out the 13th to the 15th grade mm-hmm. in their lives, like, right. like you said earlier. So quick draw, what do you feel like the top three um, fishing holes for recruiting volunteers? What do you feel like those top three places are for Well, you? I think you nailed it. Um, former students is, is probably number one. Um, or you can expand that a little bit to say within the church community, like maybe there's other people within the church. Yeah. Uh, number two, the parachurch ministries. Um, a lot of them encourage these kids to plug in, and they can bring a lot of refreshing ideas, especially when it comes to things like maybe an angle of discipleship you didn't think about or uh, just their game catalog is insane. And then as far as the third one there, um, that one you're going to have to help me with because I think of those first two fishing holes, what would you say I haven't touched on? Appearance. Oh, there you go. I mean, I, I, I didn't have that pre-planned or written down or anything, but I, I definitely believe that, you know, out of that, you do have parents you want to, to keep them as far away from the youth ministry as you possibly can because they're just critical and they think they, they can do it better. Mm-hmm. And that's not the spirit you want around your kids. But by and large, I do think as far as youth program, right, right, right. parenting, that's their role. Yeah. We should never get in the way of that. Um, but you, you can't. Some parents come to you and say, I really want to get involved or whatever. And all they do is criticize you and undermine you privately, like thinking that they can do youth ministry program better. Um, and in some cases that may be very true and that criticism may be very merited. Uh, but by and large, that's not going to be very helpful in your ministry when trying to when you have a relational ministry. Yeah. Uh, but finding parents that are if a if a parent comes in like we had this one family that was uh, in Alabama, and her name was Amanda, like my wife, but not my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda would come in and pick up her two sons, um, and her oldest being Landon, who's I think he's a junior now. But um, and Landon was a freshman, and his little brother Max was I think in eighth grade. As soon as his mom came in the door, Landon and Max gave him ran to her and gave her a big hug and she'd be like hey boys what are y'all doing what are y'all up to and like we're playing xbox like modern warfare 2 chris brought the xbox out tonight or whatever and she's like oh cool like what level were you able to get to and she understands that like that's an indicator i probably need to recruit amanda one her kids are not they're not uh, like ashamed or embarrassed by her uh but number two like she's actually engaged in a pretty big piece of youth culture if she understands that there's levels and you know and zombies on modern warfare too like or black ops too like so it's it's one of those things like if she understands that culture and her kids are not embarrassed of her Mm -hmm. that's a big deal we've also had volunteers that were parents one that lady marianne cash that discipled my wife and still does was awesome where her daughter uh, maddie who's fantastic uh, was being discipled by my wife and then my wife was being discipled by marianne but Maddie would always say, hey, my mom's got a great story. I'd love for her to come and share her story with the youth or maybe with the girls and do a retreat. Well, that shows a healthy home environment. Really healthy. And, and Marianne, I went to her, and we clicked off. We clicked great, and she's a part of my ministry team. Uh, but she has uh, a calling, a ministry calling on her life and spiritual gifts that really lended itself to being a really valuable 
boots on the ground player with the youth. I mean, she discipled probably 18 girls Jeez. that came through our youth ministry through the years. And she is that mom that you're like every youth pastor wishes that they had on their team because she's just such an encourager, uh, so kind. Um, but she would push back gently and with, with a lot of respect and a lot of kindness. So she was a great cheerleader. Well, and I know we're running out of time, but I wonder if we ought not to, to dog ear this because uh, I have a couple of points on this topic that maybe we could lead into with next week's episode. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Great. Then let's do that next week's episode. Okay. Thanks. Well, hey, this is The Pipe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Steve. So good to see you again. You too, big guy. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So next week we're going to talk about staff, staffing. It's a little bit different than volunteers. I mean, I think the template can be very similar, but staff, long-term connections, people you're paying to be on your your team. Uh, Can't wait to join you guys again and talk about this next time. So thanks so much. Mm.